Good evening, Zed. We're back with session three, man. It's been good. It's been good. A good week. Actually, a lot happening. Thinking about what do we do, what do we drink, what do we talk about, and that's really been something that I've been looking forward to these conversations, actually. So uh, thinking about various things. And the first order of day and the first thing that I actually think about is uh, what am I going to drink today? And I thought... I thought hard and I said, hey, one minute, we were drinking stuff. At least I was. I was drinking stuff, which is uh, Copenhagen was the Nordics. And to stay true with that spirit for a bit, my next uh, choice and my choice of day is actually AHV's Royal Danish Navy Rum. Now, this again is uh, another one of the uh, the produce of uh, the, the Danish people. And they've given us some really stellar rum to drink. And uh, I've tasted it before. I've bought one bottle. On my recent trip, I bought another. And that's the one that I'm going to drink today while we have our discussion. Quite looking forward to it. Oh, the taste is already in my mouth. So I'm going to open the bottle and pour myself a stiffler to start off with. Because with rum, you don't go easy. There's no such thing as a small. I don't know whether you are completely... Uh, I mean, you will obviously know it. There's something called a patiala peg and I'm pouring myself a patiala peg. So boss, I'll be pretty nice very, very shortly. Hi Al, cheers. You know, my favorite cocktail happens to be a Negroni. And uh, Negronis are normally made with gin, but it's gin, sweet vermouth, Campari, ice, and uh, uh, you garnish it with a peeled orange. The ice is very important. It really needs to be chilled and the glass should be chilled as well. But you can replace the gin with rum and just spike it up a bit and it tastes really good. So rum Negroni, something I highly recommend. I also highly recommend an old fashioned. You can never go wrong if you're at a bar in any part of the world um, and there's a decent bartender behind the bar. You just need to know two words old-fashioned and you're going to have a good night cheers enjoy that patiala so I am actually drinking sake today enjoying a nice bottle of very affordable sake which is Japanese rice wine Uh, actually you know in Japan sake is the term that's used for alcohol so any alcohol is called sake but uh, we, I think abroad, uh, you know, overseas, everybody thinks of sake as the rice wine, which is a particular type of uh, fermentation and a particular process. So what I'm drinking is that sort of sake. It's rice-based wine um, that's been fermented very nicely. It's very easy on the palate. It's clear. And uh, one normally chills it or heats it up even. You can decide whether you like cold sake, chill sake, or warm sake. And you put, you pour it into a little glass and you can either sip on it. It's a lovely taste. uh, While you eat, while you talk, you know, with chaknas. Or you can do shots. So it depends on the time of the day. But uh, it's a really nice buzz. And you can nicely, easily plow through a bottle without getting completely smashed which is nice so it's a nice clear buzz kind of like wine but maybe even lighter even though the alcohol percentage is the same as wine so it's about 15 percent alcohol so what i'd like to talk about today actually is uh, something that uh, you know has always been on my mind and uh, it's been a term uh, which i've i've kind of questioned a lot there's something called, and all of us have used it, uh, it's called the good old days. And the good old days is a saying that uh, my father used to use. I didn't think at that point in time I was a young kid. And uh, I used to think like, what are these good old days? And he used to talk about, you know, uh, pretty much uh, where the, the rupee used to go. And he used to say, hey man, you know, do you know that 10 rupees would buy me X, Y, and Z and blah, and pretty much like coming home with a, with a basket full. full. He then would uh, talk about his father, which is now early, which is 
uh, early 1900s, which is 1920s, 1930s. And suddenly you could buy a, a basket of uh, goodies, a basket of your, your rations for the month, pretty much with a 10 rupee note. And that used to blow my mind as a kid. And I was like, wow, because 10 rupees was anyway starting to be absolutely nothing at the time, which is the 80s. Uh, so I was in, in, in awe of the, the time when you could get so much for the 10 rupees. And that those were the good old days for him. And he was like, man, these were the good old days. And we did this. Our values, our value system was much better. We were much better men. Men were men in the good old days. There's no more. The men are uh, kind of fading away into some kind of pansy kind of zone. Uh, they they would talk about and not him. His My mom would jump in and, and bring up religion and the fact that we were we used to do X, Y, Z. We used to sit and pray together everybody for a month, I mean, uh, for not for a month, for probably an hour a day. And uh, yeah, our systems and our, our whole story was well in place. It was carried on initially in my household too, uh, where we would have, uh, you know, a time to pray and stop and think and X, Y, Z. And then the grandparents would bless the children and stuff like that. So I, I do remember the good old days again. I question it really. I, my my real question today is, uh, is it really good? Was it, uh, you know, something that was a good thing? Or is it overrated, something that has been faded and because uh, we are nostalgic and we, we, we think of times there and therefore we think they were good days, our, our memories particularly are actually morphing into something that makes us feel good about the past rather than the present. Because when I rationalize the entire thing, I don't think there's been a better time for humanity than, than it is right now. Pretty much everything's on, on a platter. We've never been uh, richer. We've never been a, a society out of poverty, so to speak. I mean, a majority out of poverty, and it's, it's moving rapidly towards it. Uh, the rich are obviously stark, ravingly rich. But uh, they are the fringe fool. They, the rest of it is a lot of socialistic things happening in the world. So I see a calmer, better, peaceful, more. Firstly, world wars are behind us. There are hardly, there are very few wars now. So more people are dying of uh, obesity rather than starvation. And therefore, I'm saying, hey, one minute. Everything seems to point to the fact that today is supremely cool. And uh, yeah, yesteryears weren't. So cool. Uh, now, I don't know what you feel about that particular thing, but I, I'm, I'm starting to really believe that possibly we are living in, in a time that's better than the old times. And I don't know whether that's absolutely true because my mind, actually, when I look back, still plays the trick on me, says, man, the good old days. Yes, the good old days. You know, I hear myself talking about the good old days as well. And uh, that's when I realize I'm getting old. But uh, yes, it's a term that's very familiar to me. I think to all of us, our families, you know, there's somebody in your family, typically your father or your mom or your grandparents who talk about the good old days. And then when you start talking about it, you realize that you're becoming them. But uh, yeah, it's just about time passing by and having memories of things before and things definitely always look better in hindsight and once they've passed but uh, are things better now is the world a better place now better than the old times well you know i think uh, the way i look at it it's um, it's about who's thinking who's doing the thinking about it is it me is it you and that once you change the subject the subject being the thinker the person who's or the group who's actually doing the analysis that's going to change everything right because we all come with different experiences we come with different ideas and values so as you change the subject that's going to shift whether something's good or something's bad the same thing the same object the same event but really, I think the most important thing is about who's doing the thinking. And that's where it goes back to the age old question about understanding who you are. And based on that, what values do you carry with you? Which is something, you know, you touched upon your mom 
um, talking about the good old days when you guys as a family used to do things together and she growing up they had rituals that they used to perform together um, and for her that those were important for you not so much you didn't see value in that possibly but for her it was and um, I think the point is having a system in place that's what it's about the uh, in terms of basically uh, a little bit about the change and I, I'm talking about that I've beyond the fact that it's a peaceful and that's a macro a macro environment i i don't i believe that it's we're doing extremely well but even in smaller categories and then micro environments pretty much business has never been easier education uh, the way i remember it uh, and the way it is the possibilities today and i'm, I'm now uh, thinking about my children my children are far more educated for uh, the time that they have spent on this planet and the time that I had spent on this planet, they have access to much more knowledge and knowledge bases than I've ever had, given the fact that you have YouTube and you've got the net and you've got the XYZ. Their education is actually on hyperdrive. It's super fast. It's super cool. Uh, they obviously grow up much faster and therefore it irritates a lot of the parents. Uh, people see little grown-ups running around and get they, uh, basically the parents get jabbed and and shafted by their kids pretty early and that irritates them uh it's irritation and it's cute as well it's about what one knows so to your point about education yes things have changed access is a lot more so much more there's so much knowledge knowledge bases available thanks to the internet thanks to e-learning for kids but at the same time, what are they learning? What is the quality of what they are learning? And do they have an orientation? Do they truly know what's right and wrong? Do they know that they should not disrespect their parents? You know, I thought about it differently when I was a kid, obviously. Are less people starving? Okay, if so, then the world is better. Are more people obese? Is that an important metric? Is it more important or as important than starvation? You know, is the air clean? Is equality important? Are there truly less wars? Is COVID a war? You know, the definition of wars have changed as well. Now we talk about trade wars and privacy wars and all sorts of other wars, cybersecurity wars. So yes, maybe countries aren't at war with each other like the second world war but having said that there's other volatility in the world and is that important so you know i think having the same metrics is important and then it becomes more clear as to whether things are better or not so that's i think one of the things possibly in the old days people had right your mom had that so did mine they grew up with a very strong sense of what was right and wrong what was good and bad morals as we call them and those are kind of missing now you know they've kind of gone out the window a bit it's not that people don't have morals but it's very scattered it's very random and in certain cases people don't have it people have lost it we've lost a sense of what's right and wrong what's good and bad and that's really sad i, I believe so if you don't know which direction you're facing, you know, there's not much hope. So the first thing is to point yourself in the right direction, to have a clear idea of who you are, what you're looking at. Then you can have a good way of judging whether things are better or not. Uh, entertainment, if you look at it, uh, you know, today is it's, it's unbelievable, man. The OTT platforms, I don't need to wait for anything I, I get i get it on a click of a button i get it at the time that i want it initially i had to wait for uh, six o'clock in the evening and that would be kyuki sasbi kabi bahuthi or <laughs> you know the multiple stupid freaking fucking programs that i didn't even want to watch and i had to wait firstly the scarcity of the program and then i had to wait for the program it, it, it just baffles the shit out of me it's all so easy and cool right now um, besides uh, Netflix, which is the first thing that comes to mind, we have Amazon, we have Disney, we've got multiple uh, platforms. Everybody in, uh, in in India is now getting into OTT, which is all which is entertainment on demand. We don't need to wait. Is that better? 
or is that worse? Uh, I do know that in all traditions, patience is a virtue. So if, if that's the metric, having a lot of patience, then OTT is a bunch of rubbish because do we really need things in, instantaneously at the touch of a button all the time? Or is that just fueling a sickness in us, making us more you know, dependent? Once again, it depends on your metrics. The industry that I come from, media and advertising, completely changed, man. It's the, the this particular part, it baffles me. It actually fucking irritates me because everybody seems to understand that things have changed except uh, the advertising people are for fuck's sake. Uh, we are so slow. It's unbelievable. It's like we're sleeping. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it's baffling. And I, if I go down this route, um, when when I start talking about this, I will you'll see irritation well up. It'll well up in in the kind of uh, voice modulation because everything will actually come through in terms of the way that I speak because I'm extremely passionate about the fact that uh, there are very few people in our lovely so-called progressive industry that has actually woken up and actually understood that everything in media and advertising has changed and nobody really wants to do anything about it. They don't want to push anything new. I don't know whether it is all a string of the old world media companies still pushing down, spending a lot of money uh, to push down and incentivize the advertising and marketing fraternity to stick with the old. And that to me is the real deal. Uh, people are holding on and spending a shitload of money to be able to hold on to what is passe, what is old and what should be buried. Yeah, so the lots have changed, man. Lots of things have changed. And my question is, is it good? Is it bad? How do you see it? What's your point of view? Still holding on to the same old crap. Makes my blood boil too, my friend. We need to talk a lot about this one. This is a tough one. But yeah, it's a disaster. At the end of the day, I think uh, what I busy myself thinking about is not about how other things have changed. It's about how I have changed because I'm the one who's doing the thinking. And I see that that really makes all the difference. So, um, you know, it affects the way I think about things, affects how I see things more than what I'm actually seeing. Does that make sense? Or is it just the sake talking? You know, I am in Japan on the Ring of Fire, and yesterday we have a, a volcano nearby uh, where I live. It erupted. Luckily, it wasn't like molten lava spewing all over the all over the place. Just a lot of ash. It's quite common, actually, because on the Ring of Fire, which is this plate that goes all the way from New Zealand up through. Indonesia and the Philippines and then Japan and then around over to California and then down into South America. So around the whole Pacific, that's called the Ring of Fire because there's so many volcanoes. And here are some interesting facts. There are 452 volcanoes on the Ring of Fire. That's more than in any other place. And 90% of the earthquakes that happen, happen here on the Ring of Fire. It's really crazy what one gets used to. So is it better or is it worse? I don't know. All I can say is this drink is good. I am good. It's been a good week. Now is good. Between the two of us, you're more of the, uh, you're more of, you're more schooled in the art of women. So my question to you <laughs> is really, Dude, do you think that women have changed? Do you think that they were good old women? Or do you think that the new women, you know, can't give me a perspective on the women scene as well, maybe? The women, the women have changed. They have, my friend, they have indeed. Beauty does lie in the eye of the beholder. I am the beholder. I have witnessed women change over my time, my two or so decades of being a, womanizer before I got married and uh, now of course I don't look or 
when I used to, I did see the change from the 90s, from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s, and in different countries as well, Indian women, British women, American women, Chinese women. Yeah, women are different all over the world, but I think the soul of a woman is the same everywhere. And uh, women are just beautiful. They're beautiful creatures. So they have changed, but I don't know if it's for the better. Yep. You're, you're a bit of a philosopher today. So you're taking me on this phil philosophical trip and asking me some very pertinent questions. Uh, your statements are very, very clear. And I agree with most of them, man. Let's internalize this thing and it's all very, very personal. So good old days could be really cool. Good old days could not be so cool. And it just like needs to be from the perspective of the person feeling it. And I agree. But I do think that you're a bit of a philosopher. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot to learn from you. Oh, guru, my guru. Uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, man, uh, how's your sake treating you? Because... Uh, yeah, I hope it's working because my little rum, uh, my patiala has kind of hit its mark, man. I'm starting to, I'm starting to find myself a lot more. I want to have some fun. I want to talk about some fun shit rather than keep on talking about these uh, lovely uh, philosophical things about the good old days really being maybe good, maybe bad. I ah, bloody hell. I don't want to think about it right, right now. So, uh, you know, you, you did discuss uh, about Brexit and I, I think just I just want to uh, get on to that particular thing. I think the reason that Brexit happened actually was because everybody in this country was thinking about the good old days. The days when we were great Britain. The days when we colonized the globe. The days when we had a lot of people that did our, our bidding we rule the roost and pretty much had the economy of the world run through the hands of Britain before it went and was re-exported to the colonies that we took the raw materials from. So therefore, let's get back to the old, let's take control back, as the, the famous line goes. And uh, pretty much everybody, uh, everybody over the age of 60 uh, fell hook, line and sinker for it, man. The younger audiences were like, crying their lungs out. Uh, the under 16 didn't have a chance to vote. Uh, the above 18s uh, till about uh, 35, 40 were all crying after the results came out, primarily because their future was a little hampered. Their abilities and the entire ocean of opportunities is slightly constricted. Uh, and I don't think that they really realized because part of the education system, nobody realized how great Great Britain really was. And dude, Great Britain for the life of it was Great Britain. If you look at military conquests and what they achieved, it was great. Uh, hats off. Anyway, so that's a little bit on the uh, Brexit thing again. And as you can see, Brexit is a conversation that I love. And, uh, you know, irrespective you can take me anywhere but i'll come back to the brexit conversation and uh, yeah and and woe and spew my guts out in terms of why it should not have happened and all that jazz but it happened and it happened because of the uh, the good old days they all want the good old days back and they have it now it's there for everybody to see you know time is also something another philosophizing giving gyan i'll give you more gyan my friend but time is also, you know, relative. Or is it? How about that? If you ever want to sound really fucking smart, say something, whatever it is, and end it with, or is it? Very thoughtfully, with a question mark. Can't go wrong. I'm giving you all my secrets, all my Guru, Shri Shri Z secrets. More philosophizing going on. More speechifying. I should stand for some sort of elections, man. Which party should I join? Well, I'll just join the party as long as it's not BYOB. Maybe the BYOB party. How about that? Let's start it. Let's start our own party, Al. Uh, the broad conversation again 
comes back to things have changed dramatically i don't know whether you remember the days back in your for me it was much freer man it was much freer and these are the good parts of it it was extremely free there was no uh, overthinking there was no thought process in terms of what liberal values stand for and what we should say or should not say we said what we felt like saying i think it's it's astonishing as of right now my biggest uh, uh, problem is with my children they are growing up in a western world they're growing up with all the liberal values I, and every time i'll say something which i think is completely normal they think is completely uh, unparliamentary and i should take it back and we get into a big argument in terms of what i should take back and what i should not take back and why i said it and why i didn't say it complete craziness man and to me even liberal liberalism though i'm a liberal i completely believe in a lot of things that the liberal people believe in uh i believe that sometimes the value system and the whole way that it's constructed and therefore the education we've gotten kind of tight assed about a lot of things so yeah liberalism is bad you know it's taken to an extreme and therefore it's bad uh the opposite end of the spectrum is the hardliner scene now that's absolute bullshit because i'm a liberal in at heart i have to say absolute bullshit i don't think it's absolute bullshit maybe it's a different perspective and like you you rightly pointed out man eventually we have to look at it from everybody's perspective and judge things based on their own perspectives and then take a call so uh well said my dear philosopher i i am your disciple from now on and uh, yeah keep going enlighten me my child i mean i sorry my guru <laughs> my child is the exact opposite of what you're currently uh, the current space that you're in uh my guru oh guru ji please tell me show me the path show me the light show me the future and i am at your feet i am really at your feet my dear young man the word philosophy is interesting you know it's essentially latin for the search for wisdom that is what we are trying to do as one enters and progresses through one's 40s you know the the chinese the ancient chinese uh, the confucian tradition in in china confucius was this dude who lived around the time of the buddha a long time ago in other words uh, from our perspective but he was uh, the reason he has his name confucius is not because he was confused actually he was damn clear about everything he was uh, what they call in the chinese tradition a sage which in you know we call like a prophet or a guru or something like that in in our traditions and on our side of the himalayas but uh, this dude confucius he was damn smart and he came out with this stuff he and i should say his uh, his colleagues at the time but they came out with this uh, uh, you know they wrote a lot of interesting stuff including that life is a journey of learning and essentially what we are doing through our lives is we are searching for wisdom and that wisdom resides in one place in our own hearts tell me some stories i'll tell you some more of mine of the good old days or not so good old days let's just have it man because i have both in the in the years gone by some crazy years some crazy stories some not so crazy stories some really good ones so let me know what you think and tell me actually tell me don't think anything tell me something crazy that happened in the good old days and tell me something crazy that happened now in not so good not so in the good old new i mean the good new days <laughs> let's let's talk about the stories in the good new days and the good old days and let's move from there alberto you are getting it on man i like it very good very good yeah i uh, i have a nice solid buzz on myself this sake has done done its job this evening and uh, with that i'm going to have a sip here we go i hope you can hear the it was a big sip the those are ice cubes so it's a nice cold chill sake with ice 
so good, my friend. You know, the the thing that really I've been thinking about and I've been philosophizing about is different alcohols have different buzzes. I've been thinking about this now for the better part of 30 years. The journey of life is the search for one's lost heart because we lost it and now we are on a journey to find it as we go through life. And uh, interestingly, you know, in terms of growing up, we think in our bloody modern days that, you know, you turn 15 and you're all grown up, dick stands up, you know, all that stuff is working. You can drink. Then, okay, 18, damn sure. 21, hell yeah. But anyway, you know, at some point, one's grown up, but at that age, very young age, you got a little facial hair happening. If you're a guy, you know, you're like, wow, I'm too cool. I'm grown up. I can go outside. I don't need to come home until 9 p.m very grown up but in the confucian tradition in ancient china essentially you grew up through your life and you were only considered grown up at the age of 40 because it took that long as you go through your life basically get your shit together to understand something about what's going on to and to understanding yourself and kind of getting somewhere in your in your journey and in your quest for your own lost heart. So, you know, when you enter your 40s at that point, if you have been doing the work as you've gone through, then you will at least like, at least have your bearings about you for the first time. I don't mean ball bearings, by the way, just general bearings in terms of what the hell is going on. And uh, that's important as I talked about in my earlier speechifying. But you got to have your bearings. You got to know what the fuck is going on. If you don't know what the fuck is going on, then, you know, then there's no kind of hope. You're lost. Your heart is lost. Everything's fucking lost. Your gotas are lost. Your balls are lost. Your beer is lost. Forget about it. On that note, I'm going to have another big sip. Hold on. So, yeah, so 40s, but that's the thing. 40s is also just the beginning. Then your 50s is another stage where something else kind of, you realize more things, 60s more things. If you're lucky to live to be 70, then you're considered very fortunate. And you lived your, you know, natural life through. And uh, that has taken you to a point where you have like, you know, really understood what the hell is going on. And at that point is ready to, you know, check out, ready to press the buzzer, ready to hit the trigger. Do whatever you need to, get the hell out, sign out, pay up, get out. Um, But even if you don't, you know, because time is anyway something that's just happening. And it's not about chronological years. This is an artificial construct, us going around the sun, you know, like we know. Like, you know, somebody told us that a year is 365 days because that's how long it takes the earth to go around the sun. Prove that to me. The bloody sun looks the same every day of the year. Nobody can tell me that I've gone around the bloody sun in 365 days. Anyway, the point is the sun does rise and set. This is good. It's good news for us because at least we have some way to know what the hell is going on. Hopefully. Anyway, my point is, and I'm glad you got it from my previous, uh, my previous ball talks, was that everything is personal. So... I guess the point is you have to broaden your perspective. You have to understand all perspectives or as many as humanly possible. Love that great word. I love you. I love you, Al. That is also very important. You know, there's a reason these have been stressed by the sages and the prophets and the the gurus of this world. Compassion, empathy, love. Because it gets us to think from other perspectives. It gets us to think out out of ourselves, our little selves, and to be our big selves. So I think that's cool. I love Harry Belafonte, by the way. Rum and Coca-Cola. Good stuff, Harry Belafonte. By the way, he was a great activist, social activist, still is. Um, And uh, through his life, he's been fighting for social causes and social justice, uh, civil rights in the U.S., many things. A great, great man besides being a great singer.
rum and coke yes give me a bottle of rum and you know i don't even know about the coke there was a point where i stopped i gave up the coke because you know as as you know al i'm kind of off the sugar and i've been off i'm not uh, big into the sugary drinks uh, uh, my mixer normally is a soda with the rum i've done rum and soda you can even do rum with water it tastes terrible but you know after a few pegs you know it's good and then the next morning you're you're much better because you've been hydrating as well so that's a tip and by the way my uh, my rum that lovely rum is is beautifully kicking in man i'm sorry <laughs> i'm rambling a bit but it's kicking in dude you know i'm i'm thinking again and one more thing you you uh, you beautifully told me about i mean you told us a lot a little bit about the cocktails in terms of rum uh it also it's really yummy according to me but you know the rum and coke is something that i've not kind of graduated from so my dear friend i want to just end this little clip on one little song that you may or may not have heard having rum and coca cola and now that's supposed to be a jamaican accent so i'll try and do it in a jamaican way my friend drinking rum and coca cola bla 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 te ama i don't even know what that damn words are sorry i'm getting old man so chill z man tell me some stories i'll tell you some more of mine of the good old days or not so good old days let's just have it man because i have both in the in the years gone by some crazy years some crazy stories some not so crazy stories some really good ones so let me know what you think and tell me actually tell me don't think anything tell me something crazy that happened in the good old days and tell me something crazy that happened now in not so good not so in the good old new i mean the good new days <laughs> let's let's talk about the stories in the good new days and the good old days and let's move from there you know the first drink i ever had was beer and um, for the first few drinks i should say uh, you know as i said with shandy and then graduated literally after quote on quote graduating finishing school first thing i did was me and my buddies we went to the, went to bandstand went to parry wines bought a couple of bottles of haver 5000 went to the rocks on bandstand sat there covertly at the age of 15 cracked that stuff drank that stuff and that was a bloody i thought like i'd die man that was so good died and went to heaven that evening knocking on heaven's door right there on that on those damn rocks filled with crabs and lovers what a lovely place now that's the good old days that's good old days my friend it's like already sepia tinted in my eyes and it's not been that long it's just been a few decades but uh yeah talking about kids you have two i have one we we have girls and um yeah it's interesting you're bringing up your kids well you brought them up so your kids are growing up in the west and they have different ideals different values you know i have a kid who happens to be half indian and half japanese can you imagine you know very short part of her life uh, you know the first decade of her life she's lived in three or four different countries and is truly third culture in the sense that she's just been um, you know exposed to so much having roots is important which is why we are here so that she can sink deep into this land great britain i don't want to fight over fucking great britain okay but the point is i'll call it uk because it's united kingdom i can deal with that as i told you before in session 1 or maybe it was session 2 but the point being that you know it's okay they can call themselves great if they want to maharashtra is also great and rightfully so we have a lot of great things in the world everything is great everything can be great i i concede that they are great at least they were at some point and that uh, you know they have some high points fighting off the germans doing certain things the blitz so good stuff all fair all fairs in love and war you know we probably read the same shit we grew up in bombay we went to school we know what happened yeah they built the railways but why we saw we know what happened 
uh, they are a bunch of cocks essentially uh, a lot of it is the east india company by the way so you know it's very interesting you should look out for this book of, um, by william darimple so he lives in india he's an author a british guy he's written many books on india including one that i have right in front of me here called nine lives but his most recent book is about the east india company and it's about essentially the story of how they essentially colonized india for the british then the british raj was formed but um, that's kind of the the bits of uh, either fake or non fake information that i have please google it um so that's the thing about great britain i'm going to leave you with this al scandinavian airlines i just saw a nice little piece of content that they put out about arrivals and it's a really kind of emotional piece of content um that i bumped into on youtube so it's a piece of, truly a piece of brand content it runs um uh, anyway it's called the arrivals so have a look scandinavian uh, airlines the arrivals not too well executed in terms of the copy i thought but the images were beautiful very heart very touching i think as travelers you and i have both traveled a lot and we are frequent travelers until covid uh, now we are frequent untravelers or unfrequent travelers non travelers but um, you know they did a they did the nice little piece i think it failed in a in a in a sense but it also succeeded in a sense uh interesting piece of brand content i'd love your opinion about it probably in the next session after you've had a chance to watch it watch it i should say not watch it just watch it okay and um i also then ended up seeing this british airways commercial not commercial scratch that it was never commercial it was a piece of brand content uh, about this air hostess who flies to india for the first time and her experience flying to hyderabad um very orchestrated you know scripted uh, very good actors i should say so have a look for these two pieces of content i'd love your opinion on it because i know you are the guru my child of content so please tell me what you think uh, since you returned the compliment and uh, you bestowed upon me the guru title uh, as well i thought i must take a look at the clips and respond immediately lest i forget uh in our ne- next ses- next session to take a look at them so i took a look at both of the clips that you talked about uh the first thing that i've got to say is that uh, the two are very very different and uh, basically again coming to the the good old days one of which fits the kind of approach of the good old days and that would be the british airways one and the reason that i'm calling it the good old days kind of stuff it's extremely scripted well thought through all the creative people spent a awful amount of time trying to come up with that then they spent uh, a crap load of time with the producer director and the person that was going to craft it uh, all of it uh, executed down to a nicety but unlike you i don't think firstly i'm 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 out of uh the scripted world pretty much i'm into the fast new immediate uh turnaround times everything needs to be crunched down much faster much more efficient and much more heartfelt so i didn't feel it as much as you possibly did i did believe it was nicely produced high budget uh, kind of content and yeah basically a nice piece of work but old school the one that i really really liked was the sas one when you're talking about the scandinavian airlines arrival yes we are travelers yes pretty much every single situation which was actually really short i don't think any of it was even the people who were coming out of the arrivals lounge weren't planted they were actual people and those were actual people waiting for them all of them in post after taking and getting the expressions because the cameras would be kind of hidden uh and then the permissions to be able to use the footage has been taken i would think again uh and i think it was basically all heartfelt and real so completely really done production and then put together which is edited together to make a beautiful film yes the copy could be a little better but uh, having said that scandinavian airlines and 
the scandinavia is not really english language is a second language they speak very good english but uh, they still actually have their local languages that is their first language so i would give them the benefit of doubt in terms of the the scripting so very very cool and scandinavian airlines broadly uh, is taking over the nordics i think it is uh, very it will be in the future one of the only airlines in the nordics they are pretty much flying uh, all across which is from norway to denmark to uh, switzerland not so switzerland they go to switzerland and other parts of europe but they pretty much comb the nordics including finland and and sweden so uh, doing very well and and their content piece that you you just pointed me into was extremely well done uh, so actually to to end this particular little clip uh, uh, the world of content and the world of creation uh, has had a good old days and we've come from that i'm pretty much a man that spent majority of his career in the erstwhile uh, theory on advertising uh i spent a lot of time actually crafting uh obsessing tinkering then producing uh all of which would take a hell of a lot of time and then we would charge a hell of a lot of bill a huge bill for the efforts that we put in i'm not saying that uh, you know it was unwarranted in terms of the monies but definitely it was a certain amount of money that i think faster thinking better thinking we could have pulled a lot of that stuff out a whole host faster and fa- been far more economical we are now in the era of eco- econ- economics and we are pulling off a whole host of content much faster whole host of content and advertising much much faster than we did in the past that's a whole new world currently and that's something that the advertising people and the brand marketing people really are coming to terms with uh it is probably one of my biggest areas in terms of helping my firm adapt from an old world mindset into the new world mindset understand it understand that speed is of essence and and pretty much it's needed across everything understand that there are tools and technology that can do away with or help with augment the speed at which we operate uh there are whole host of things that we can do in terms of picking up on metrics based on the content that we put put out and change the content why even after we've produced it all of which is a new world way of doing things in the advertising business and i think uh, pretty much if we can see it and we can understand it and internalize it we should be able to get there at some point i hope sooner rather than later and i hope that uh, pretty much all of us make that journey together I and mean, i'm talking about all of us at, at my firm uh because it is going to be the differentiator for a lot of old world advertising firms i just uh, read an article of the forbes uh, in the forbes magazine and it was talking about the advertising in the in the era of covid uh pretty much you are talking about an uh, an industry that's going to see 50000 56000 job losses over the next 2 years the small industry 256000 people so yeah sorry the uh, thing got cut off and i think i'll just end this particular rant saying that uh yeah we are headed towards a new world and uh, it's it's a it's a very very good uh journey that we are on right now a lot of it is changing we a lot of it we are learning on the fly and hopefully we'll be able to string this together faster than most other firms because it will be an advantage and a differentiator going forward at least for the next 5 to 10 years uh we are in a completely changed world in terms of advertising now again uh you know the old world old man in me wants me to reminisce on the good old days of advertising when we were the kings and we had most of the clients eating out of the palm of our hands and we were the creative geniuses of the world uh but the fact of the matter is the new youthful mind that i have right now is more about let's do this fast let's get over it let's do things that completely make the client delight the client in terms of the speed and in terms of the volume that we would produce at half the cost and half the heartache which advertising people were very good at giving most of their clients a lot of heartache as of right now i don't give heartache i get it done so cheers to that z it's a brave man that can do what you're doing and try to break the mold of advertising especially in a market like india where 
mindsets are so fixed and there's a bunch of old bastards running the damn show. Uh, we know who they are, not that we even want to go there. But uh, I completely agree with you, you know, on your points, all your points. Uh, but it, you, you said it best. It is about mindset. And, um, you know, I think as Indians, uh, that's one thing. We, we have very strong uh, mindsets. We have very strong minds as, uh, as a culture. And Indians, you know, pride themselves in their thinking and in their um, in their abilities to deconstruct and construct things, uh, at least in the mind. I think through history we've we've been very uh, mind heavy people, when it manifests manifests itself in uh, you know all the great literature and. Uh, religions and spirituality that we talked about earlier that uh, we have uh, we have given the world and that's flourished in uh, mother india through the ages but um, in the modern context and in the context of uh, advertising and media and especially with uh, the transformation that's uh, ongoing i think it can uh, be a disadvantage because you know those strong sort of uh, fixed um, mindsets uh, don't really help when you know the time and the mood and the the need of the hours change the need of the hours to actually be very agile and to to break uh, the mold so it remains to be seen how india and uh, marketing in india and communications and uh, advertising in India is going to be able to pivot, but I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad your your firm is uh, has taken the gauntlet and uh, thrown the gauntlet down and is uh, you know trying to help clients. At the end of the day, uh, as somebody who's been a client uh, and also of course worked in agencies, but uh, in my most recent uh, uh, assignment was as a client uh, and um, I was based in China as you know until very recently uh, working at a big corporate and you know I feel the pain that you were talking about in terms of um, agencies not being able to deliver anymore every day every day every almost every agency I met uh, for uh, three or four years in my role, uh, this was the situation. The agencies just were so out of touch with the needs of the client. And um, I think another pain point is that the client is then out of touch with the needs of the customer. Uh, so there's many broken links in the, in the marketing ecosystem, in the process. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, the agency has to uh, has to f uh, find the solutions uh, from the customer to the client, um, to the technology, um, to the storytelling. And so it really is on the agencies and on the heads of agencies to, to pivot and to change, to use this moment to uh, reflect and, um, you know, change how they behave and how they, who they hire uh, where they invest and uh, what sort of services they offer. I, I completely agree with you. You know, the British Airways uh, content was it, that is like tech. It is the template of like old brand marketing. You know, the scripted, overly scripted, overly produced. Um, and you and I can both imagine the production that went in there because we've been a part of those productions, you know, uh, completely painful productions with too many creative directors and too many cooks, too many clients, um, and way over budget for what it actually delivers in the end. Uh, yeah, the only reason I said I have the I had the slight emotional sort of sensation um, come through when I was watching that maybe because I'm away from India, I'm over here and. You know, 
they they pulled all the heartstrings um, that they possibly could with that piece of content with the grandmother on the plane the grandmother crying on the plane or the mother you know uh, so um, us being far away from our mothers at this point also doesn't help the situation but um, yeah that's what it was but it it was uh, yeah I totally agree with you it's uh, it's in the past that sort of content uh, and the content that uh, the SAS uh, uh, you know, uh, peace was about, I think is a lot more present. Uh, it's real, it's authentic. Um, as you said, it's probably a, a language thing in terms of the translation of the copy and the narrative and the voiceover. I loved the footage. The footage was beautiful. If, if it was silent and that was all that was played, just that footage, I think it would have worked uh, probably even more powerfully than with the copy. There were certain parts of the copy which were really, you know, incredibly powerful, including the, you know, the line which stuck with me, which was that, you know, maybe most of our journeys are in already behind us. That, uh, that uh, got me thinking and had a lump in my throat thinking about that one. Um, but um, yeah, there's lots to reckon with, my friend and uh, so it goes i think we've had a great session i know i have i've um, f uh, had a good part of this um, this sake tonight and i hope your rum has treated you well um, i don't know what else there is to say except that uh, the good old days um, and the good new days i think are the same really it's it's really about I think what we've, uh, the conclusions we've drawn by talking about it today at least is that it really is about mindset um, and it is about one's own, one's own mindset and what is mindset made of but the knowledge that one has and the experience that one has, the combination of knowledge and experience. Who can, who's pushing the boundaries in terms of learning and really going deep with knowledge and questioning everything so that one isn't too liberal and one isn't too hardline, you know. Um, you have different perspectives and you keep questioning yourself, whether in advertising or in politics or whatever it might be. One has to keep challenging one, one's own assumptions of how things have been set up and uh, never be complacent. There's uh, more experience to be had one can't think one knows, uh, one has done it all because there's a lot more to do. So on that note, my friend, I think I'm going to sign off tonight. It's uh, bedtime here. Thanks for the great conversation today about the good old days. I want to pick on one of the words that you used in uh, while uh, summing the entire session up. And I think it's, uh, it's the most important word of all. Whether it's the good old days or the good new days it's all about experiences i uh, do remember talking to a friend of mine very recently and uh, we every time we got into a discussion over the years because we did have history in terms of where we grew up and stuff like that all our discussion points were about hey man do you remember this and hey man do you remember that and we were like yeah and then we would laugh about exactly the same thing every single time we actually got together which then suddenly we said hey one minute why don't we create something new today which is let's meet up and we were in different parts of the world uh, and we said let's plan to meet up and let's create new memories so there are new fresh memories that we can actually uh, draw from, discuss, and be really, really happy about. So what we do is we both uh, plan to do uh, the Football World Cup in Brazil, uh, which is in 2014. And we started to plan this probably uh, about a year before that. We started to save up. We took our, we got our leaves uh, in terms in order. Uh, we kind of planned it down to the fact where he arrives in Rio one day before I do, arrive the next day and then it goes into the next 17 days of total fun 
right up to the uh, football world cup final which uh, we did see and it was a blast it was very very unfortunate actually because i particularly have have been a team player all my life i think in individual sport i wasn't performing i didn't perform as well in team sports i was really really good in terms of uh, commanding a team at one point in time uh, to be able to marshal troops to be able to string together the attack to hold off opponents i was really good in football and it was my pretty much my dream to see brazil lift the world cup in brazil unfortunately it was not to be uh, we went there the whole country was painted yellow which is the jerseys of the brazilian team when they they lost in the semi finals pretty much the entire country suddenly went multicolored which which means everybody had taken off their yellow t-shirts and were back to normal for the finals so suddenly i didn't know who the brazilians supporters were because all of them were in uh, multicolors the argentinians which is their arch rival arch rivals pretty much like a india pakistan kind of uh, situation if that was a cricket world cup final and the pakistanis or the indians were allowed in each other's country for that particular final you can imagine uh, the mayhem so pretty much there was an invasion from across the border which is the argentinians were in uh, brazil rio and they were going absolutely mad and the the finals were played between argentina and uh, germany and i was in the stadium and the argentinians around me were shouting up and down and i was actually a, a german supporter surprisingly <laughs> and i had to pretend that i was an argentine supporter and and jump up and down every time the argentinians got the ball uh, just for survival and uh, yeah at some point i look back and i laugh because uh, there was a there was a, a certain time when the argentinians thought they had scored but actually it was offside and that was when the crowd erupted and they started jumping up and down and they got into a huddle and and they got they grabbed me and i was in that bloody huddle and i was jumping up and down with the argentinians very very ironic because i wasn't really happy that they had scored and suddenly it was uh, deemed an offside and and everybody calmed down and very pissed off so anyway fun the experience of it all uh, the experience of a new adventure really is something that uh i take from this particular conversation it is really about the experience it is about creating new experiences in terms of the advertising zone and the advertising thing it keeps me it keeps me motivated at this point in time i i'm doing something completely new i'm fighting mindsets uh mindsets in terms of uh, their inability to actually see the future and the 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 need to actually cling on to the past it's clinging on to something that you know i know that this works and therefore if we do this again this is what will happen the fact of the matter is uh, the world has changed there are multiple things that you could do now which could be far more effective you need to try it out and that entire tussle is really the space that i'm in in the advertising world you did mention and rightly so that uh, the clients don't have seem to have though they are a little head in terms of understanding of digital they seem to have lost touch with their consumer i i think that that role being in charge or in uh, in tune with the consumer is where agencies used to play a very very important role uh, most agencies were in touch with uh, their clients consumers they were meeting them on a daily basis they understood where their clients brand stood where the competition stood and they were but the ones who presented a realistic viewpoint in terms of where the consumers at to the client and that was what the client valued in this day and age to be honest digital presents it on a daily basis it's a 24/7 kind of conversation that happens on digital uh one of the things that we are very very attuned in and our, our agency is we are constantly in terms of picking up conversations real time across the space uh when you and me were working in uh, public relations uh orm which is online reputation management was just about starting to hit the uh, across the globe right now it is real time feedback that clients need it is real time feedback in terms of the campaigns that are being run it is real time feedback of different segments that exist and their affinity and 
uh, mindset and sentiment towards certain brands and certain issues that is all available real time so therefore predictive analysis uh, outlining uh, segments outlining possible areas of improvement uh, actually brand building has become far easier and again this is something that agencies could very well uh, be much more clued on to and should be from a future perspective and that again presents me and my firm with a supreme opportunity and it is something that we are uh, currently working on and use very very frequently across segments uh, so on that note z uh, you know even my uh, little drum has been really fun it uh, i've had a an extremely good uh, and here it is late afternoon so it's been a, an extremely good and productive day it's been an excellent conversation and uh, yeah uh, instead of uh, signing off saying that you know good old days are better than the good new days i think it we need to sign off in terms of wherever whenever old or new it's really about the experiences and the experiences could be great in in uh, 10 15 20 25 years ago it could be supremely cool just uh, probably the next the last hour and a half which was an experience talking to you so cheers to that and to the next one said you know session 4 is it yep all right good night